You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day for Monday, October 18th. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always, the most Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, to which I am a staff writer for. A lot of fun stuff going on over there. If maybe, you know, sports aren't going your way right now, maybe you're a, a Giants fan, maybe. Your team just lost to the Dodgers last week. I feel your pain. Uh, then maybe you're interested in pop culture stuff. I also have experience there at places like Inverse, Mental Floss, Nerdist, Blade Disgusting, Film Cred, and more, and hopefully many more to come, especially when eventually baseball season ends. I think that's going to start kicking up. You guys can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you see me right now, I am pointing at it on the screen. Now, how can you see me? You can subscribe to the YouTube channel for the show, which is Locked On Padres on YouTube. All sorts of good stuff for all my audio listeners. There is a link in the description. And thank you, as always, for making Locked On Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's show, guys, I can't believe I'm in a good mood. And from the YouTube, you can see who's here. That's right. I brought out Stitch. That's right. Now, it wasn't the greatest weekend ever that I think I've ever had when it comes to sports. I'd say that I've had plenty more. It's definitely not the greatest I've ever had when covering the Padres. I've certainly had more uh, when it comes to that. Shout out to that Cardinals game two game last year. That was honestly the most incredible thing ever. But uh, lots of stuff to talk about, I think. I was expecting to kind of do a part two for the top 10 worst moments of the Padres season breakdown. That's actually going to be tomorrow. So if you guys were looking forward to that, do not fret. It is still going to be the five worst ones instead of the 10 through six. We're doing five through number one. So that should be a lot of fun. But a lot of news uh, came out of baseball this weekend. And we're going to start with the Padres stuff, because after all, we are locked on Padres, guys. We're going to talk about Mike Schilt today. Then we're going to be talking about the Dodgers being down, some other playoff observations that I thought um, just in general, including the ALCS, which I think has been a really fun series so far. I think both series have been fantastic, to be honest with you. And then I'm going to be talking about at the very end something that came out yesterday, which is about minor leaguers uh, being provided housing by Major League Baseball. Going to be giving my thoughts on that, because that is a general baseball issue, but a very important one. And yes, it has to do with the Padres too. And I'll explain why in just a little bit. But first, let's talk about Mike Schilt. So Mike Schilt, despite the Cardinals going on just an astronomical run, right, Stitch? Yeah, Stitch, Stitch remembers. Yeah, he said yes. So they went on a crazy run. They won those 18 games in a row. They were in the wild card game. They did lose to the Dodgers. But nonetheless, it was an iconic run. I mean, everybody was talking about it. It was a big deal. Aaron Otto, I think, was like top five in the league in RBIs. It was, it was a nutty moment for sure Tyler O'Neill's breakout um season for sure even guys like Dylan Carlson who unfortunately beat the Padres uh pretty bad in that really pivotal series uh, about a month and a half or so ago that's what it feels like anyway um but the Cardinal and a lot of people were on this incredible run and despite the fact that they didn't necessarily make too many additions at the trade deadline like there was a lot of stuff to like about them but he was fired 
and a report that came out yesterday was that the Padres are interested in interviewing him. I found this fascinating because, first of all, I, I think that the Padres, it is very early to assume that there's any favorite. It's very early to assume that there's any person that they necessarily want. I've heard everybody. Guys, Brad Osmus was the guy the Padres were inter- interested in interviewing. But I found this interesting because, well, one thing that Kevin A.C. tweeted of the San Diego Tribune, he said the Padres plan to interview Mike Schilt but are still investigating exactly why. He was let go in St. Louis. There are no plans to interview Ron Washington. He also says Ron Washington, uh, or I should say, does playoff game in which, uh, which we'll be talking about soon. Um, but Ron Washington, not currently on the radar. I have talked about that a little bit myself. I talked about how I don't know if that's the type of guy I want to bring into this, this organization with his past history. Don't know if it would be the best type of uh, sign, especially as someone who's complained about the Trevor Bauer signing a little bit, uh, for sure. Not as a player and not as to a degree uh, what he's been saying about baseball. Uh, I actually think some of the things he said about baseball and the the way that they treat its players and the minor league and stuff like that. Like he was right about certain things, but as a person, he, he stinks. I think we could all agree about that. He's a piece of poop. Um but I, I think that that would be a little bit hypocritical for me to just be all in on Rod Washington, for example, even if the circumstances are completely, completely different between the two. Uh, I do think that that should be brought up to an extent. But I will say with Mike Schilt, I look, I, I said this last week when he was fired. I think that he's an interesting hire uh, for sure if they were to bring him in. However, this isn't the Cardinals are a first class organization, and it's hard for me to believe until proven otherwise that they're going to change from that, i.e. They might have fired this guy for a reason. I like that the Padres are apparently investigating good. Don't just automatically just give this guy an interview and hire him the next day. I doubt they would do that. But um, it's good from the perspective of I like that it's not someone necessarily who's going to be connected to Preller. I like that he has more experience. He was with that Cardinals organization for a very long time. And I think that I don't want someone who is just one of Preller's guys from Texas or what have you, like Texas Rangers, right? Like, I don't want one of those, preferably, just because that happened with Jace Tingler. He probably, probably, what it sounds like, lost the clubhouse at some point this year. And the inexperience and feeling like he was just an extension of the front office is where I think was the the big negative, the concern, the criticism around Jace Tingler, right? So I like that aspect of Mike Schilt. But until proven otherwise, I choose to believe that maybe there was maybe Mike Schultz wasn't very good uh, as a manager. And maybe there was just an incredible amount of luck, maybe that went into the Cardinals run. I don't know, but I would be very cautious with this hire instead of thinking Padres fans. Wow, we might hire the guy that just took that team on an 18 game winning streak. I would be a little bit more, um, you know, tepid with your expectations there. I would be a little bit more nuanced with expecting it because this is. You know, until proven otherwise, you know, you know, like the Giants in football, right? Like the New York Giants, they were like a genuinely great organization. I'm not just saying that because they beat the Pats and you guys know my Boston hatred is even more fervent and, you know, ingrained in me than my Dodgers hatred for sure. But like it was because they genuinely were a good franchise. Like they didn't mess up. They were not the New York Jets until all of a sudden they just stopped being that trading Odell Beckham. You know what I mean? Trading away all these guys, drafting Daniel Jones way too high in the draft, benching Eli Manning for no reason, having all these clown shows at at head coaching positions, like a lot of bad stuff, right? They were not like that before. They're the least winningest team in the NFL, but before that they were not a clown show. So unless I'm given that type of reason to believe that the Cardinals are going in that direction, which I have no reason to believe. So I choose to believe that Mike Schultz was uh, fired for a reason. Instead of just looking at this as, wow, we might get the guy that took the Cardinals on a run. That's how I would view it personally. And as someone who doesn't necessarily know 
tendencies for GMs and what makes a good GM. I oftentimes just want someone who it depends on the clubhouse. You know what I'm saying? I really think that it does. Um, Hey, Alex Cora for the Red Sox clearly seems to be working out for them, right? Uh, very clearly uh, working out that before. Uh, out for them for sure. Um, but before we get into some of that other stuff, uh, and those were just my preliminary thoughts on the Mike Schilt thing, which should be very, very interesting for sure. As time goes on, we're going to get a lot of updates on that for sure in the future. Like I- I'm not kidding guys. It's going to be big off season. Stitch knows it, right buddy? Yeah. See, Stitch knows it. He knows that we're going to get a lot of updates and a lot of rumors all off season. So I will have plenty of content to be sure for you guys. But before we get into the rest of that content for today's episode, instead of looking too far into the future, guys, let me talk to you about a very special, special thing, but it's a simple special thing, right? And it helps you get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. That is direct TV stream. It brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. Your live TV, your on-demand favorites, everything, which means you can watch your favorite sports, your favorite shows, your favorite movies, whatever, all in one place. And the best part of all that, the best part of all that is that there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream, guys. Remember, that is Direct TV Stream at directtv.com. That's where you can learn more. Direct TV dot com for direct tv stream guys check that out for sure and now moving on and now moving on as i begin to realizing that's a little bit more difficult to grab my water bottle since i have stitch in my hand right now um let's talk about the the games really quickly i think that's what we're going to talk about just my thoughts on the alcs and nlcs just to give some some kind of uh statements some takes I guess you could say about the series in general. I'm not going to do giant game recaps. What I will say is this. I was a little bit surprised that the Braves won last night. Um, A little bit surprised. I only say a little bit because it's the playoffs. It's the NLCS. The Braves are a feisty team. And hey, maybe there's, you know, we always get stories in sports. It would be a story if, and I'm trying to be objective about this, like aside from my Dodgers hatred, but like it would certainly be a story if the Braves last year, from being up 3-1, blow the series, and then the next year kind of stumbling into the playoffs with Acuna out, with Marcelo Azuna out for much different reasons, of course, much more serious reasons. Um, uh, hey, Travis Darno being out, you know what I mean? Mike Soroka suffering a setback. All the injuries that they had for them to somehow beat the Dodgers this year with this team, that would be nuts um, for sure. But it was very storybook. And I would say so far, I think the NLCS has been so much better than the NLDS. Um, and I know it sounds like I'm just saying that because the Dodgers are losing. I'm not, though. Two walk-off wins, very close, very intense games. Uh, if you just look at, like, the scores for each of the games with the Dodgers series, don't get me wrong, it wasn't a bad series for sure. But I think considering that it was two above 100 winning teams, 107, 106 wins, like, I think that the series was just kind of good with a, with a lowercase g. It was a good series. But, like, if you just look at the scores of each game, like 2-1 for the last game, uh, 7-2 in favor of the Dodgers the game before that. You know what I mean? one nothing in favor of the Giants before that. And then the game before that was 9-2 Dodgers, right? And then the game before that was 4 nothing Giants. So you see what I'm saying? Like, I actually think if you just look at the scores and as someone who watched the games, they weren't as exciting. But this game's intense, man. You hit from – you have Eddie Rosario, the the – Corey Seager mishap in the infield. But even before that, you have the Freddie Freeman stuff. You had the Ozzy Albies. He should have been at second base. There's all sorts of like kind of like moments in this series so far. And I think one of them people are also going to be talking about is the fact that the Dodgers removed um, Max Scherzer early 
And I say that in quotes because I don't think they necessarily removed him early. He goes four and a third's innings, giving up two earned runs on four hits, walking one, striking out seven, and only 79 pitches. Look, he's pitched. It's like his fourth time in 12 days or something like that. So I understand only on two days rest. I thought it was a fine move by the Dodgers. I don't think the Dodgers bullpen is untouchable. Um, Blake Trinan, Bruce Dargratterall, uh, although he gives up the the run in this game for sure. But like in general, I'd say that like their bullpen is solid. I know that their guys aren't as wipeout as say, you know, Kansas City Royals uh, World Series run, but they have good they have good relievers for sure. But it, it definitely isn't a bullpen that mortifies and terrifies you. And I think that that might be one of the reasons why people were a little bit like confused as to why they took out Max Scherzer early. I thought it was fine. I thought it was a solid move. And hey. They took him out early last time, and they won the wild card game. Dave Roberts, I find oftentimes, gets a little bit too much crap. Yeah, he makes some decisions that you disagree with, but I think he gets a little bit too much crap sometimes, to be perfectly honest with you. I think it's fine. It's like, don't give up the hits. Like, uh, you know what I mean? There's only so much that a manager can do. You know what I mean? Whether, whether which Whichever kind of playoff tragedy that has befallen the Dodgers. But And then the ALCS I thought was great, too. Unfortunately, the game two was kind of a wash, although it at least gave us a moment or two to be excited about. The grand slams from Rafael Devers and J.D. Martinez were incredible. I hate Boston. I hope that the Astros win. Yes, I hate them that much that I'm rooting for the Astros. Small rooting for the Astros. If anything, I'm rooting for Correa. He's Puerto Rican. What can I tell you guys? Leave me alone. I love that dude. I don't care. I love that dude. He's too cool. But, um, you know, you have the big home runs from him. You have all these these good moments in the first game. I'm enjoying the heck out of these two series, and I hope that they go to seven. Um, I would not mind the Dodgers getting swept. I would not mind the Astros just winning the rest of the games. But, I mean, just as a fan and appreciator of baseball, I think they've been really good series so far. And I'm curious to see how the, the Dodgers bounce back. But this Braves team, man, it's a little bit similar to the Red Sox, where there's it's kind of like of a no, no one believes in us energy, um, a smaller extent to the with the Braves. Because I think in fairness, a lot of people are like, hey, you guys are, it was in a little bit of a weak division this year. Not a little bit, a very weak division. And you had a lot of injuries. No one's blaming you. For the Red Sox, it's like, none of you believe in us. You thought that because we traded Mookie, we were going to stink for 10 years, right? And that's clearly not the case. That team has some bite to them. Um, I thought it was interesting when starting pitcher for the Astros, I should probably check who that is really quickly. If I remember, who was starting for the Astros on Saturday? Let's see here. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, Luis Garcia, like he gets taken out with an injury. Uh, I didn't like the Boston fans that were acting like he faked an injury. It's like, can you guys relax? Like it's one inning. I'm pretty sure they don't want to go full bullpen immediately. Like, I don't think he would fake an injury. They're like, that's why he did that. That way they can bring in Odorizzi and, you know, give him 13 minutes to warm up and all that. And I'm like, look, first of all, it's a tough situation to be in. All right. I understand him needing to warm up and all that. And I don't like how immediately everyone wants to just go back to the cheating thing. You know what I mean? Everyone just wants to go right back to that. And like, don't get me wrong. They did. And they should be, I'm not a Dodgers fan or an Astros fan now, or an appropriate or a, a spreader of the good word of them. I can't come up with the word off the top of my head, but I did think that was a little bit messed up and it didn't matter anyway, because he gave up the grand slam to Raphael Devers. And that was basically at nine, five in favor of the Red Sox. But I, I do generally mean that uh, a lot of people are going to be talking about Corey Seager for me personally. I wish that Trey Turner made the error. Why? Because as I've said it many, many times before, Mike Rizzo is the Manchurian candidate choosing to help the Dodgers that much, not just for Scherzer. I get it. You know, they lose Bauer. They, hey, hey, they don't even have Kershaw right now, that whole stuff, right? Like they're having a bunch of injuries. I get it. But then you throw in Trey Turner, like the special onion ring you get with your French fries sometimes. You got to be kidding me. I've had enough. 
I've had enough. And I wanted you to give them. I wanted you to get more for Trey Terry. That's what I'm saying. If those prospects turn out to be awesome, feel free to cold takes, freezing cold takes, uh, exposed me on Twitter. I don't care. Um, but for right now, it was, it was, it was, he's a Manchurian candidate. Like he was a sleeper agent and he helped out the Dodgers. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, so I'm definitely not rooting for them. But I will say this last thing I will say my one take, and this is mean, there's a little bit of a mean one. If any Dodgers folk uh, care, look, I've said it before. I think that the Dodgers, I don't like it when people say, oh, you won in a 60 game season. It's like, well, everyone had the same rules. Saying it's not like and some people had to play 60, like they won in what the parameters were, and we're not going to have another 60 game season again. So, to a degree, it actually makes it unique. That's not going to stop people from slandering them. I get that if they do lose and don't win the World Series, that's what's going to happen. I get it, but I actually think that hey, look, you won, you know what I'm saying? You won within the rules that were given to you. That's how I kind of view it. Um, but yeah, that, that's what that's what I would say. Um, as, as I see Jeff Snyder, speaking of Dodgers, uh, texting me right now, uh, for sure. Yeah, it was like a, he said a lot of false starts. Yeah, I had a lot of trouble recording the intro of today's episode, let me tell you. But I've been saying it for a long time, guys, that um, the Dodgers, aside from last year, they've had a lot of mishaps in the playoffs, or at least they've, they have not come through in big moments necessarily. Obviously, everyone knows about Clayton Kershaw, who I like, Hall of Famer. I don't really them to be honest with you i don't hate his things but um I, that does have to be brought up is that he was terrible in the playoffs and i thought i didn't understand why people said it was a slam dunk everyone's like obviously dodgers obviously dodgers it's like so last year just gives you the reason to completely forget about the rest of it that's my feeling personally right and i would have said this by the way if the nationals were back in the playoffs because the nationals had the same thing going for them right nationals and dodgers kind of to an extent um, for some reason, the Nationals won when Bryce Harper left, which makes no sense. Uh, he was probably their best player, um, you know, overall over that that kind of time frame when they were starting, at least in my opinion. Uh, so that's just ridiculous. But that's just my take on it. I think that people got a little bit overambitious, um, a little bit too ready to crown the Dodgers, going to dominate baseball for the rest of the decade. They're definitely going to be good for a very long time. Don't get me wrong, but like a dynasty world series, you know, Yankees in the late nineties, that type of thing. Let me wait a little bit before we start doing that. That's just my take, but bottom line, great games. And I love that the Braves won shout out Eddie Rosario. Three of the five postseason game winning victories have been done by wait for it. Puerto Rican players, guys, Kike Hernandez, uh, hold on, Carlos. Wait, I'm already forgetting the names. Oh, this is so embarrassing. Give me one second, guys. Who was it again? It was Kike Hernandez, right? Um, yeah, Kike Hernandez, Eddie Rosario, and Christian Vasquez. There we go. Uh, Correa, if we count him, didn't have a game winner, but it was the one that put them ahead and whatnot uh, in that Friday game, which was awesome. But uh, yes, guys, Puerto Rican power. I've always been telling you it. Stitch has been telling it to you, too. He has. Trust me, he has. He said yes. He's been nodding. Uh, but before we get into the last topic of today's show, guys, and honestly, a very happy topic. It's been a happy hour for uh, for sure for today's show, guys. Let me talk to you about something that will make you happy. They are the best protein bars in all the land, not just in San Diego, not just in Atlanta, not just for the Dodgers, not just for just in all the land and all the United States and the globe in the solar system. They are, of course, guys, protein bars. They are, of course, built bars. 
obviously the protein bars. I already said that. They are the built bars, guys. My favorite part about built bars, though, aside from being soft and easy to chew and covered in 100% chocolate, is that they have such a great variety of flavors, right? They've got coconut, they've got cherry barcia, they've got raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate. Hey, hey. I, I like cookies and cream the best. See, and Stitch likes cookies and cream the best. You heard them. Cookies and cream, cream is a great flavor too. I like Cherry Barcia, and I love Apple Almond Crisp, which is one of their limited time flavors that they currently have out. They love putting all sorts of limited time flavors out. You should definitely check it out. Um, really good stuff. I imagine they're going to have some fall themed ones, but personally, Apple Almond Crisp is my favorite. Feel free to let me know what your favorite is. But aside from the taste and the variety of flavors, they are protein bars, which means they are healthy for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Good vibes, ladies and gentlemen. So what are you waiting for? Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Remember that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Really good stuff, guys. Really good stuff. Love Built Bars. Good stuff. And now for the last segment of this wonderful, wonderfully upbeat show for once, which is rare these days as Padres fans for sure. I'm trying my best. Uh, And I will say, look, I, I will say the only thing that wasn't great about sports yesterday, honestly, it was football stunk, man. Even the Steelers won. I hate the Steelers. Steelers fans are annoying. And I could get into that on another podcast. If Lockdown Steelers host wants to bring me on, for sure. Or if Lockdown Browns, Bengals, or Ravens want to bring me on, feel free. Because I hate the Steelers. Um, God. The fans are just, they like can't fathom the idea that people don't like them. For a very specific reason that has to do with their quarterback. It's just like, I'm, I don't, we don't hate you. You know, we hate you because of this, but we don't hate you guys. It's, we don't like him. Why are you being mad at us for not liking Ben Roethlisberger? But anyway, baseball. This is a baseball podcast. Guys, yesterday it was announced that Major League Baseball is going to require teams to provide housing for minor leaguers starting in 2022. For those unfamiliar, this has been a really big kind of oh, discourse is, is the wrong word, but big um you know, and controversy certainly isn't the right word because I don't feel this is controversial at all. I believe minor leagues deserve a, a minimum wage. I deserve they they do not have to live in. I can't show you guys my whole room right now, but there shouldn't be 17 people in one room. That just should not be the case with the amount of money that is, um, you know, in play here. All right. And Major League Baseball seems to have at least conceded on that front on paper noted by Jeff Passan over at ESPN. Reading the article now, amid mounting pressure from base uh, players and advocacy groups, Major League Baseball said on Sunday it will require teams to provide housing for minor leaguers players starting in 2022. While MLB officials, uh, while MLB has yet to outline its plan for me, let me let me slow down the speed a little bit. I'm talking a little bit too fast, guys. Sorry about that. While MLB has yet to outline its plan formally, six team officials told ESPN they are starting to prepare to help house players across each of their four minor league affiliates. In mid-September, owners from the league's 30 teams agreed unanimously to a plan that would provide housing for certain minor league players, which is interesting, the league said in a statement. Whether they will offer stipends that fully cover housing or provide the lodging itself has yet to be decided, sources said. Um, Yeah, and and then it goes on to note, you guys can check out the full article, a bunch of quotes, a bunch of advocators. Now, let me just talk from this just being a, in my opinion, a first good step. A first good step uh, in the right direction when it comes to this issue, which has been talked about a lot. Go look up MLB advocates on Twitter. 
they do a great job of pointing out stuff and you know players have talked about this as well it's a whole complicated situation to be sure but i don't think the idea of you know paying a little bit more per year with the amount of work that's involved here for minor leaguers the future of the sport essentially and providing and making a situation which i feel is too you know how many people are you losing because they simply can't afford to, you know, eat food and and pay rent. You know what I'm saying? I think that that's a little bit much. Um, um, plenty of employers require minimum wage. That's why we have a minimum wage. But anyway, so my first reaction to this is, um, I, I've read a couple pieces over the over the last like eight months on this, like just reading a little bit of my information uh, that I've gathered. You know, I thought that like a lot of people bring up the Astros and how the Astros provided housing. Although I've read some counter pieces to that and how it's a little bit more complicated to that. And while it is a solid step, is not an outwardly evil thing to be providing housing the way that the Astros It should be brought up that might not be full to talk about on a future episode. I don't want to talk about it as just one segment. I want to talk about it in full, right? I want to talk about it in full, maybe with a guest who's much smarter than me, certainly. Look at me. I have Stitch with me right now. Do I look like a smart guy to you guys? So I'm going to have that on a future episode to dive more in depth. But there might be some weird stuff offering stipends versus a facility versus just straight up offering housing and home versus paying the wage. It's, it's, it's a little bit more than that. You know what I'm saying? But I will say I think it's a positive move. Here's something else I will say. I talked about a while ago, uh, thanks to someone messaging me, about how owner Peter Seidler um, – and, and the Pirates organization and, and front office in general talked about how they plan to offer first class sort of, um, you know, not first class, that's not the right quote, but like offer a lot more for minor leaguers and they plan on taking care of them. And that just hadn't come to fruition. And one of the issues I had was the Padres rightfully, and I did on the podcast, were kind of, you know, praised for the way that they handled the, the beginning of COVID-19, when the whole pandemic first started, when the whole world first ended at first, they paid for everybody on staff, all the employers, all the stadium workers, everybody up until like October. And for those who don't remember when it started in, in March, you know, all the way until October, they had done all that, which was a great move, especially when you compare it to teams like the Oakland A's who hadn't done anything. Like, I mean, it took them forever to even, I actually come to think of it, I don't know if they had done anything. The Oakland A's who have one of the richest owners in baseball. What I will ever, what I will always say about the Dodgers is they do spend money. They do spend money. I, that doesn't mean I have to like them, and I still can say it's annoying that you guys just are able to just keep spending and spending and have eight hundred billion dollar rosters. It doesn't mean I have to unilaterally just love that about your team. I will say, guys, if Oakland spent, maybe we wouldn't be complaining about that as much. If Cleveland spent, if Tampa spent. Maybe it's not all bad from that perspective. There are other reasons I don't like the Dodgers, but we don't have to get down to that. But the Padres were praised for that. And me being a little bit cynical, then you looked at how they did not offer housing stipends, no food stipends, nothing. Like they didn't do anything. And then you looked at the Giants. They did offer some sort of kind of program, at least a little bit, a divisional team. And nobody had really been talking about this from the Padres. One, because there was some fun last year. I think that's what happened. They had a lot of good press, and that's what kind of happens. It dominates the news cycle. But then you look at just this issue, right? And they kind of didn't really do anything there. So I'm hoping that this changes that. Um, it's a good first step, though. I'm not an expert in legal stuff. Like I said, I'm going to try and have some other people I know maybe on the podcast to talk about that stuff. Um, or I'll just do a little bit more research before talking about it, because I want to make that like a three-segment type of podcast and then talk more about the minor league system and how, Hey, we're always talking about constantly how the Padres can't develop pitchers, right? They're okay at developing batters, but pitchers, I think that 
Are the two connected? Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. I tend to wager that it might just be people that know what they're doing. But I'm just saying, you know, it's it's not a good sign uh, that the Padres had not been doing enough for minor leaguers, despite all the good press they got from the initial surge that happened with the pandemic. This is very good news. I'm a little bit cautious about what it means. I want to see more details when it's implemented. But for now, it is something to celebrate. But be careful about it because it seems I, I I worry sometimes whether or not this is a bare minimum situation where it's like after years of this happening and only after people started coming out. This is why it's so I, I look up so much to people who were brave enough to point out certain flaws in, in their inner organization, to speak up, to talk to reporters, to former players who talk about this stuff. Brandon McCarthy, for example, who I see on Twitter on this on this stuff a lot. Right. Like, I love that. It is such a good sign. Those people you look up to for sure. Bringing this to light more often, because I certainly was not. I knew minor leaguers didn't get paid a lot. I did not realize how bad it was, though. Uh, and that says a lot. And that says a lot about my own ignorance. And it says a lot about currently how this kind of sport is run for sure. But yeah, those are my thoughts on that, guys. Very cool news. And I imagine we're going to learn more in the future, especially with you. I mean, hey, this offseason, aside from the Padres, you've got collective bargaining stuff that's going to come up. You've got we're going to find out more about this housing situation. And we've got like Hall of Fame discourse which is going to be awful, by the way, guys. David Ortiz is going to be odd there. It's going to be the last time, I'm pretty sure, for Kurt Schilling, Barry Bonds. It's going to be bad. You thought the Hall of Fame discourse was bad last year? It's going to be bad. And I can't wait to talk about it, believe it or not. At least for an episode. I don't want to talk about it constantly. Because constantly is just going to give me brain worms. And that's not going to be good for you, the listeners, or me personally, mental health-wise. It'll be really say I think that it's people often take too many... With the, with the Hall of Fame, I think it's a little bit more complex and there's no easy way to do it. Um, I tend to side towards, I think you do the best players. And I don't know why we could just find a way to, you know, put in an asterisk, say this part about them. I don't know. Don't let them go to the ceremony. That's just me, though. And my thoughts are always ever evolving on that, too. I don't hate anyone who feels any way about the Hall of Fame. I think it's actually, I haven't decided yet. I haven't decided. But what I have decided, guys, is that that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. But before we close officially, actually, I almost forgot to mention for making Lockdown Padres your first list every day. Make your second listen now. Lockdown MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available on all platforms. Guys, for the future of this show, going to be recapping tomorrow's game. Assuming we have a game. Do we have a game tomorrow? Hold on one second. Yeah, we do. Astros Red Sox going to be talking about that a little bit on Monday. And then going to be doing part two of the top 10 most tragic moments of the 2021 Padres. Based off the article that I wrote, you guys can check that out. It's in the link uh, of the episode from Friday. So you can check that out. And of course, just check my Twitter and find it. Yeah. That's it. That about does it for today's edition now for sure of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, wherever. It's really, really good. Or subscribe on YouTube. You can see me pointing right now. You can see Stitch pointing with his ears right now. Look at him, look at him. And with his hand, he's going to tap it. Yep, he's tapping my name on the screen, Locked On Padres, on YouTube to see me acting like a goof. And hopefully, eventually, having a little bit cooler of a setup that looks better instead of just a curtain behind me. 
and what have you. But uh, yeah, guys, until next time, stay safe. And of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies. Take care. Woo!